Welcome to Pathway to Faith with Bishop Steve Howe. Turn your expectations high as you receive the word from our man of God. Prepare yourself to hear a life-changing message. Let's tune in now. So the title of the message today is Pick It Up, Don't Start Over. So on Sunday, we know that it was Bishop's birthday, and uh, my task was to present his gift. And in presenting his gift, as the word was going forth, um, there were some things that were just ringing in my ear. And one of those things was who will pick up the mantle. Now, by mantle, I know sometimes when we hear mantle, we always think that it's a calling, preaching, teaching the word of God. But you can have a mantle um, to be the best usher. You can have a mantle to be the best children's church worker. You can have a mantle to be, it's all in the lineage, just like there's a house full of doctors. Um, and so you're a doctor because you came from a house full of doctors, or you're a lawyer because you came from a house full of lawyers. There, a natural side of lineage, lineage also has a spiritual side of lineage. Most Children who saw their parents serve in ministry, serve in ministry. Most children who've seen their parents usher in ministry or greet in ministry, those are usually the areas that they tend to gravitate to and do. So there's a lineage. And so passing, pick it up, don't start over, is simply picking up the mantle. It's simply not letting it fall to the ground. And as the generals are getting older, um, as Bishop told, turned 68, um, Bishop, Bishop Jakes just had a birthday, and I was trying to figure out which age, but he's somewhere around in the 60s, later 60s, um, with Bishop Williams being older than that, with Bishop Hash being older than that. The generals are getting older. And so as they're running now, as they're going to take that next turn, as they're running this marathon, they're ready to pass the baton, and who will be there to catch that baton? So the title of the message is, again, pick it up, don't start over. And we'll find ourselves in 2 Kings 2, and we'll go from 1 through 10. So it says, Elijah taken up to heaven. So 2, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, and we're back to the whirlwind. You remember the last whirlwind? Remember the last fire? We're back to the whirlwind. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way to Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. Take note of that. He told him to stay here. But Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives... And as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. So I stopped there because it sounded familiar. Remember the first service of anniversary, Bishop Williams said, the woman of God made room for the prophet. And then Pastor Walker came back and said that Ruth stayed with Naomi. Your God will be my God. So we're kind of running parallel here. So the woman of God in Bishop Williams' uh, message, she made room. She was feeding him, but in her feeding him, she decided to give, make him a whole place for him to rest. And then Ruth said, oh, no, I'm not leaving. 
even though Naomi told her she could go. She said, I'm not leaving. Because when you get to, when you get to a place where elevation is going to happen or the brink of elevation is going to happen, you will always be presented with a choice. You will, you will always be presented with a choice. So he says, but Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So there was a choice to stay and there was a choice to go. And so it says, the company of prophets at Bethel came out to Elisha and asked, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? And I stopped at the company of prophets because a company could be a few dozen all the way up to 200. So you have a few dozen prophets who are standing around, who can sense, who know Elijah is about to leave, but have no desire to be in his presence. They told, so they told Elisha, do you know that this is, you know, Elijah's, he's coming to an end. This thing is winding down. But none of them had that information and thought to themselves, let me spend some time. Let me see what he has to say on this journey. Let me get in, get in his face and see what might he have to say before his departure. So he says, the company of prophets at Bethel came out to Elisha and asked, do you know the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, Elisha replied. So be quiet. Nugget number one, you don't have time to explain your position because you're going to miss your place. You don't have time to explain to somebody where you're going because the prophet was still moving. What's understood never needs to be explained. If you find yourself in a position where you have to explain it to someone, then they're not going in your direction. Because Anything understood never has to be explained. So, yes, I know, Elisha replied, so be quiet. Then Elijah said to him again, stay here, Elisha. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. Now, this is the second time. Stay here, Elisha, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied again, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. Your body can be following and your heart not agree. You can be moving with someone but not agree with them. So Elisha knew what was coming at the end. So he had to check his heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. 
So I'll tell you, stay here. Because I need to know what your heart's going to say. I tell you, Paul, just, just stay here. Again, presented with the choice. Stay here. Ruth, presented with the choice. Stay here. As he replied, as surely as the Lord lives, and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. The company of prophets, again, this company of prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha and asked him, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? The mere fact that in two different places, two, two different sets of prophets could sense that Elisha was leaving and wanted nothing or had no desire to get close to him. It wasn't even a request. They just tapped Elisha on the shoulder and said, do you know, you know, he, he's leaving? Because to sense that there is a shifting, but not have it, not have an urgency that you need to move is dangerous. To feel, you can, you can be in the room with the prophet and consents that something is shifting but nothing in you says I need to get close nothing in you says I need to see what he's saying see if there's any instructions for me we, we want success without work and we've been so busy, my generation, trying to prove that these, some of them have been our traditions of faith, some of them have just been religious practice, and we've been so busy trying to prove that we can wear jeans in the pulpit and still be anointed, we've forgotten the anointing. So, so now we have a whole bunch of inspirational speakers that have zero impartation. Because you cannot get from anything and you don't believe it is anointed. So you have what you call a mentor, but you don't believe in his traditions of faith. And because you don't believe in his traditions of faith, praying, reading your word, finding yourself faithful, sticking to it. Since we don't believe in those traditions of faith then we've got an inspiration void of impartation. So now we got a whole bunch of motivational speakers designed to make you feel good, but you couldn't be the first person I called if I needed you to pray. Are you the first person somebody could call? if they were having a crisis and needed you to pray? Do you even make the top five list of people they would call? 
do you even make a list of 10? And not because you're, you're, you have a title at the church and people know if they call you, you can call Bishop. Would, would they call you? Could they call you? Can you get an audience with God? The company of prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha and asked him, do you know the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know. So be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, stay here. The Lord sent me to the Jordan. Elijah gave him three opportunities to leave. He gave him three chances to leave. When you're on the brink of increase, you will always have a choice to stay where you are or to elevate. Your elevation will require your movement. He had a choice. He, he asked him three times. He needed to, because he was, he was checking the heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth shall speak. So he needed, to, he needed to know the heart of whom he was bringing along with him because Elijah understood the assignment far better than anyone. He had walked in it. So he's checking the heart. But then you get to a place where now... Elisha, you have a decision to make. Because all those other prophets are prophets, but they don't have an audience with him. All the other prophets have a title, but they have no desire to be with him. As he replied, then Elijah, said to, then Elijah said to him, stay here. The Lord has sent me to the Jordan. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. Fifty men from the company of prophets. And 50, 50 stood out to me because I was like, why, why is it 50? You know, you said a company, he said a company of men twice in the text. But here, he says 50 men from the company of prophets. And I said, why 50? Well, 50 represents personal freedom, the pursuit of whatever may interest you. So your choice went and stood over there looking at the choice you made to see if you would come back. So your, your choice, see, because 50, have you, ever, have you ever run into, especially women, that turn 50 and they just like, hey, I'm here, it is what it is, I got a new lease on life, may cut their hair, they get a whole new, it's a whole new wardrobe, whole new lease on life, because now I'm going to do me. And most women at 50, they just get to a place where it, the confidence increases Everything just kind of increases, and they go for it at 50. So these 50 men represented his choice. He had a choice 
for personal freedom. He could have picked up whatever he wanted to do. He would have still been considered a, a prophet. He just wouldn't have had a mantle. And he wouldn't have had the mantle of the man. Not just any prophet. See, they were, all, they were all prophets, but he was the chief. He, Elijah. Because everybody was watching him. So it says, 50 men from that company of prophets went and stood at a distance, facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, and struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left, and the two men crossed over the dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me, what do you... What do, what can I do, excuse me, what can I do for you before I'm taken from you? So now we've gotten across the Jordan. So then the man of God says, now what can I impart to you? Now what can I give you? Now that I know you can go the distance. Because Elisha was with Elijah for like six years or more. So now that I know you've gone the distance, what? What can I give you? A constant pursuit will always get you an invitation for increase. A constant pursuit will always get you an invitation for increase. See, everybody that Jesus went to, he healed, correct? The blind man, he can now see. The deaf man can now hear. The lame can now walk. But the woman that went to him, was made whole. He didn't, he didn't say she was healed. He said she was whole. So that meant everything. She got more than healing out of chasing him, out of crawling to Jesus. She got more because a constant pursuit will always get you an invitation to increase, and not just for the thing you want. So, Elisha said, let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. So in the moment where he could have said, I want your jacket, I want your clothes, I want money I want he said I want a double portion of your spirit and I was like why double and, and I think we're going back to the pick it up and the don't start over and I think he asked for double because the generation that precedes the previous is always supposed to build upon whatever's been left. They are not to start over. We've, we've been starting over. We've, we've been starting over. 
The man of God goes into a city. He clears the way. He establishes a foundation. He creates something for generations to come. And then the person that wants to come behind him, behind them, now wants to change the foundation. It wasn't meant to be started over. It was meant to be built upon. It was meant to take what was already there and increase it. And then elevate it. And then once it's elevated, the generation that comes after us would then elevate it again. Never losing the essence of who Elijah is. Never losing the fragrance of who Elijah is. You can't take something, you can't take the essence of somebody out of something that built it. And you can't require the person who built it to change, to fit what you think is religious practice. He got it this far by doing what he does. You have to pick up what he does. Now you can improve the process. You can improve on the process of how it's done. But you cannot change what's done. So he asked for a double portion of his spirit. And then Elijah said, you have asked for a difficult thing. And I was like, well, why is it difficult? But again, Elijah understood the assignment. He knew what he was walking into. So you're, you're asking me for a double portion of what I have, and what I have is already top tier. Lack of better term, top tier. What, what I have is, is already mountain moving, demon screaming, earth shattering, region changing, and you're asking for double. And I can only give you what I've done. I can only give you what I've been through but a portion of this, you're going to have to walk out yourself. Because you've asked me for double. So he says, you've asked for a, a, you've asked for a difficult thing. Yet, if you see me when I'm taking, taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. And so I'll stop there in closing. But I, if I see you, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. I'm with you. Why wouldn't I see you? I told you three times I was going to be with you. I stuck with you. 
when everybody told me you were leaving. So why wouldn't I stick with you? Why wouldn't I see you? Because just because you're with me doesn't mean you're focused on me. And just because, like we've seen with the other prophets, just because you're standing in proximity to me doesn't mean you want anything from me. Have you drawn on what's close to you? Have you pulled from the well that's next to you? Are you a well that can be pulled from? Could they pull if they need it? Are you connected to the well? And is the well, have you proven yourself enough to have something come up if you pull? If you pull on the well that has been given, what will you get? Elijah said, yet if you see me when I'm taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. So at this juncture, he's saying, now you got to watch me. I know I'm leaving. But now you got to watch me. Every step I take, you got to watch. Every move I make, you got to watch. You have to watch me so much, you almost have to mimic my responses. You have to be so in tune with me, you have to know what I may say. You have to be so in tune with me, your first thought after, it's, if, what, Jesus, what do you say do? Uh, what would Elijah do? You have to get so, because you're supposed to pick it up, not start it over. Not start it over. And so the word today is simply, let's not start it over. Let's pick up the mantle. Let's pick it up and let's, let's carry this thing and increase this thing the way it's supposed to be increased. Don't, don't, don't start it over. The traditions you have in your family, the lineage the, of, of work and workers and how you, what you have in your family, don't start it over. The first mantle that Ruth ever had, the first mantle Elisha ever had, the first mantle the Judahite woman ever had was a servant. That's the first thing they did. They served the man and woman of God. It's the first thing they did. And based upon their service, they got an impartation. And the impartation did not just increase them. It increased everything around them. And for Naomi, it increased her far beyond she could have asked, thought, or imagined. So my, my plea today, my word today, is don't pick it up. It's pick it up, but don't start it over. Pick up your mantle. 
don't be so quick to try to rule out what you think is religious practice and miss the impartation. We don't, we don't care about the genes. We don't care about the hair color. We don't care about, we care about the impartation. The, the anointing that destroys the yoke. It is, it is the impartation that allows you to carry the mantle. So as I pray, think about, be mindful of, so what is, so God, what is my mantle? And that's, that's what I ask. And that's what I've been asking. What is my mantle? And, and how do I effectively serve the man and woman of God for the impartation? Not to change what they've done, but to increase it. Not to override what they've done, but to increase it. Because if not you, who? If not now, when? Wow, what an amazing message. Thank you for listening to our Pathway to Faith broadcast. If you're ever in the Kansas City metro area, join Bishop and Dr. Howe at Harvest Church International Outreach, 4300 North Corrington Avenue, Kansas City, Missouri, 64117. Or catch our services live online at www.harvestchurchkc.org. Be blessed.